Hey there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And this is Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S4E3 Cat's Cradle. Getting right into the groove of the fourth season of PLL here. This was a fun episode. I'd kind of forgotten how much stuff happened in this one. I remembered little bits and pieces of this not placing it as the third episode yeah. before, but yeah. Um, just some, some real quick notes I want to start before we start the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of which, tonight we're recording this. Norman Buckley, who's the director of this episode, it was written by Joseph Doherty, but directed by Norman Buckley. Norman Buckley is posting stuff online. He's apparently at the Hollywood Bowl where there's uh, a retrospective on the music from Hitchcock films. It's hosted by Eva Marie Saint. Norbuck's there, like posting pictures and video from it. And it's funny just because one of the videos he posted was this great Hitchcock film montage, which included like just so many different Hitchcock movies, including like the nice close up of the glasses, the young woman, Stranger on the Train. I love it because there's a lot, like a lot of strands of PLL's like visual DNA in that montage. Mm-hmm. I don't know like how many hardcore PLL fans like, like, I mean, I, I can get, understand people like looking at like the stars on Instagram or whatever, but like, does anyone actually follow like I Marlene King or Norman Buckley, you know? And I feel but, like if you're a true PLL head, you probably do. I, I hope so. And I hope that we can all call ourselves PLL heads. Um, mm-hmm. Also, second note, Jacob Clifton, who we've, praise many times on this podcast like let go a tweet the other day about uh sister of the traveling pants and so i had responded that you know wasn't lucy hale in one of those and so it's, just, it's an especially good chuckle for us because on our previous website we did a thing where we we live blogged watching sister of the traveling pants part two which was one of our first exposures to the magic that is lucy hale i mean it's basically proto bros watch pll2 I, I want to thank you for updating us on what's going on on Twitter. So many, uh, so many nostalgia points there. Anyway, so let us start? know if you tweet throughout the episode. I will. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna jump right in here. The liars are at the brew. Uh, it's daytime. The cool shot of the camera is like up above them, like looking down at all four of them. Mm. They're going through this kind of big bin of like Allie's junk. Uh, there's some bird stuff in there, toys and, and bird toys, and some notebooks. Yeah, and Hannah's saying, you know, okay, my mom's not connected to a cockatoo, and Emily's like, parrot, and says whatever, and Ari's like, well, this bird is connected to Allie, Allie's connected to Wilden, Wilden's connected to your mom and us and stuff, mm-hmm. we don't even know about yet. So Hannah's just like, you know, Wilden, she may have hit him a little bit with her car. Um, Who hasn't run over somebody with their car? Everyone, especially she didn't kill Wilden, especially a, a law officer. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily's rubbing her shoulder, so Arya asks. Him, I like how Spencer's like, "Of course not." Like, oh, we're not saying your mom killed him. Yeah, um, yeah. Emily's rubbing her shoulder, so Arya asks about it. Emily's going to see her doctor tomorrow. So we found out this box of stuff. Which, first of all, we're not going to gloss over the fact that it's amazing that Arya asked how another human being is doing. Mm-hmm. That's special. Um, we found out that this like box of shit obviously came from Mister De Laurentiis. We discovered that Emily took it, took all the bird stuff and the boxes of old toys as a cover that she could take some, so she could take some of Allison's old notebooks as well. Yeah, she wanted the notebooks, but she couldn't just take those without arousing suspicion. So she kind of tucked them in all this other stuff she's taken. Right. So Hannah looks over to the liar's nook there, which we're going to call it. Before that, Spencer says, we learned so much from from what Allie wrote down in M's bio book. And it's like, really? Did you really learn anything from that? Other than that Wilden and Cece had some connection to Allie. Uh, 
Well, there was an especially dark flashback for Spencer there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the do-rag. Um, Tell me the do-rag. But, so, you know, who knows what could be written in these. But, yeah, then they look over and we see Baker Brozak is sitting down on a couch with Ella. He's got, like, a plate of brie, you know, just Baker stuff. What a son of a bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Hannah says, ah, eat bake love. So Spencer pronounces that Zach and Ella look cozy. And Arya is like studying her mom and Zach. She narrows her eyes and says, yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> she totally narrows her eyes. And Spencer is very much back to like classical Spencer here. Just yeah. kind of arch and uh, coy. Such a great Spencer episode. Mm-hmm. So Emily asks how Jake is. And Actually, Arya, Spencer. You know, Oh, sorry. Spencer asks how Jake is, and Arya is basically like, finally, a question about my love life. She says he's but, nice. But, uh, but she doesn't really care about Jake, though, because she's like, he's nice. And they all kind of look at her like, uh. And Arya's like, no, seriously, he's nice. We're seeing each other tonight. And Spencer's like, great. And Arya says, well, you don't have to say it like that. She's like, I didn't say it like anything. Emily literally gives Spencer a look that's just like, hey, man. Drop shut it. The, shut this combo down. Shut it down. <laughs> So Arya then looks back at Ella and Baker Brozak. She studies them, and then she says, oh my god, I want this drenched in amber and preserved forever. <laughs> she says, is it weird to be jealous of your mom's love life? Probably, Arya. I'm going to go yeah. ahead and say probably. Let's just go ahead and say yes. Mm-hmm. As uh, she like narrows of, her eyes again, yeah. Speaking of how crazy that is, we cut over to Ella and Zach talking, and Ella's like, oh Vienna? And he's like, outside Vienna, um, in a castle, on a lake. Now, are they fleshing out the deets on their erotic roleplay fantasies? We wish. Exactly. We wish. Ella's like, wow, pastry must be serious business in Austria. She's like, oh, yeah. If you're baking for Dracula. And she's like, how long would you be gone? He says, less than a year. And Ella's like, well, it sounds like an incredible opportunity. He says, yeah, it is. They only chose five Americans. LOL. And kind of dot, dot, dots it. And he's like, so would you like to come with me? And I just have to include this uh, excerpt from the Jacob Clifton TWAP recap here because this is this perfectly sums up this moment. Mm. Uh, it, he's writing, he says, you know, just one of those highly competitive programs you sometimes get to apply to when you own a coffee shop where you go live in a castle and make pastries. Go ahead, bring your MILF girl- girlfriend. There's plenty of room. After all, it is a castle. See, what I, what, I, what I like to imagine initially was that what they're actually talking about is the team of mental health specialists that they're going to forcibly ship Arya off to sea. <laughs> but in her crazed mind that she listens on this, she's changing the she's word like, psychosis. She's like, a castle? Vienna? She's changing the word psychosis to pastry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's just like, yo, do you like to come with me? She's like, would I what? And he's like, yeah, it's like blinking in confusion. Like, what What are you talking about? Like a broken robot. Yeah. She's like, he's like, would you like to come with me to Austria? You know, reading Shelley by a lake next to a castle. LOL. Yeah. And I was like, talk about Frankenstein. Ella says she can't. Now it's Zach's turn to kind of blink and nod and look a little emotional. He's like, hmm, can't. Okay. Well, it's better than won't. Why can't you? And Ella's like, well, one reason is sitting over there with her friends. You know, that monster. And they turn around and look at Arya. Arya's just, you know, the liars are going through notebooks and shit. She's like fiddling up the bolts in her mm-hmm. neck. Yeah. And. This dirtbag. Oh, this is a great line here. He says, take motherhood off the table for a minute. I mean, say I killed your daughter, Ella. Like, then what? Well, for, take mother off the table, you piece of human garbage. <laughs> She's like, well. He's just speculating, you know? Yeah, yeah, this bozo is just speculating. Because of the implication. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ella says, well, for one thing, it would be very impractical. And he's like, that's the point of doing it. Insane Rosewood sleaze logic. Mm-hmm. Well, and so they kind of sit in silence and stew. And you really kind of see, at least what I'm reading into Ella's face here, is she hadn't really considered a possibility. But now she is kind of, and she wants it, but she knows she definitely shouldn't because she has responsibilities. She looks as giddy as a schoolgirl. Well, and he's he's kind of doing that little thing where he just kind of rubs her arm a little. He's like, yeah, babe. Yeah, and Ella looks back at Arya again like, could I get rid of her? Yeah, speaking of schoolgirls, we look back over to Arya. Spencer and Hannah, we see, are flipping through notebooks. Spencer asks if Emily can ditch this stuff someplace. She says that she doesn't want Mona to see it and start asking questions. Um, which I love that these girls are just like, Mona, <laughs> fuck her. Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. Fuck our alliance of her. Emily's um, like, yeah, I'll take it home. And Arya's like, where is Mona? Spencer doesn't know. She wasn't at school. Emily says, not knowing where she is just makes her nervous. Uh, as nervous as when she's all over us. So Hannah digs deeper into the box. She pulls out a mask. She asks about it. I, all I have about this mask is it basically looks like Mardi Gras-ish. It looks like a Michael Myers flapper girl mask. It looks like something you'd wear at Mardi Gras, I guess. It has a, a like these kind of like, uh, what do you even call that? Uh, blinged up like stars on like the cheeks and uh, I don't know. Yeah, Mardi like Gras, a, yeah, carnival, whatever. Beads and shit. Um, we're, we're guys. We don't. know. So yeah. Anyway, Hannah pulls us out and she's like, "What's this, guys?" And Spencer says, "That ain't no cuddle bone." Apparently something that like a toy for a bird. So they pass it around, and Arya's like, "This was in Allie's room." And Ellie says, "Either there or at her grandmother's." And Hannah doesn't really think this is Allie's speed. And then Emily looks up, and we see Melissa Hastings has yes. entered the brew. She's wearing a very nice looking kind of short black sleeveless dress mm-hmm. with a high waisted belt and well, a, a longer is... haircut, newer longer haircut. She is killing it with the fashion here. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, definitely crushing it. Her hair is longer again. And straightened. Mm-hmm. It's been maybe a week. Well, she's magical. <laughs> yes, she is. Um, and... <laughs> so, you know, Arya's like, when did she get back? Emily's like, why did she get back? Hannah's like, yeah, I thought she was gone for good when they found Wilden. And Spencer gives all of them, like, dirty looks. Yeah, and Hannah's like, Mona said your sister is with Wilden on the train. And then she just leaves the night he's killed. And Spencer's like, Mona said she was on the train. And Hannah says, just because Mona said it doesn't mean it's not true. So That's true, you, Hannah. You can tell Spencer's definitely getting frustrated. The girls are constantly giving her shit about her sister. So she gets up, goes Well, up, even though Spencer constantly gives her sister shit. It's different with Spencer. Yeah, exactly. Um, Spencer comes up behind Melissa, who's just there at the counter, like, putting in an order or whatever. And Spencer's just like... How was Washington? Melissa turns around and gives her this look like, well, really? You're going to sneak up on me? Well, I, I'm like like going back and forth over it in slow-mo right now where like when she first makes eye contact, there is no smile on her face. It's like a hard glare. And then like like when she kind of like recognizes, suddenly she smiles and blinks a little and now she's the, the big sister, you know? Would you say that she? it's like she's put on a crazy big sister mask? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, this whole conversation's awesome too. It's like a couple of tennis players just like tossing back and forth, like, like subtle accusations at but, each other. But rather than balls, they have grenades. And it's also it's very matter of fact and casual. You know, how was Washington? Very interesting. They liked me. I like them. Well, what's not to like? I think they're gonna offer me an internship. Might be San Francisco. Could be London. Wow, how exciting! 
And Alyssa uh, says, I hear things have been exciting around here. And Spencer says, Wilden's dead. Somebody shot him and st- stuffed him in his own trunk and left him in the middle of town. But, you know, it's the same old, same old. And Alyssa's like, it's terrible. Spencer says, yeah, you don't know who would would you don't know who would want to do that to him, do you? And Melissa says, I have no clue. And I've been out of town. Spencer's like, yeah, having an interview in Washington. And now you might, might be going to San Francisco, maybe even London. Chance of a lifetime. It's like the perfect getaway. So Spencer, or Melissa takes a, a step closer here. Her mm. mouth is open. Her tongue is poised. Like she's about to spit acid into Spencer's face. But she's just gearing up to drop another one of her like amazing... Melissa polished like devilry lines. Mm-hmm. Go for it. She says, it might be time for both of us to get out of this little town if we know what's good for us. So, yeah, it's like she kind of finally drops the actor and moves in. Mm-hmm. She Yeah, so Spencer like stiffens up at this. Then Melissa looks over at the three liars sitting at the table just watching this. Melissa smiles sweetly and leaves. Spencer puts on her fake smile, watches her sister go. Then she looks back at the liars with this look on her face. It's just like, holy shit, you guys. Holy shit. Um, oh, and she almost winks when she says both of us. Yeah, and then she's just like, later. Yeah, Melissa is like such a bitch that it makes me want like want to throw her a parade whenever she enters a room. Like Melissa really, Spencer scenes are epic every single time. Well, I feel like Tori DeVito plays Melissa with like one motivation: you either enter the room or leave it like you're there to pick up an award. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are basically Peter O'Toole and Catherine Hepburn in the Lion in Winter. Um, so we get the credits from that. We after the credits, we come back. It's daytime. We're on the steps of Rosewood Church. Hannah and Caleb are just sitting there. Uh, yeah, Uncle Daddy shit. So, yeah, Caleb's back. Where your, where was your dad? You know, he's fishing, actually. He went full-on crazy. Caleb, Henry David Thoreau. Caleb found out he, like, fished on some lake every morning, so he went and waited at the dock all day. And finally, when it was getting dark, uh, dad came back, and they kind of, they talked, you know. Caleb, sorry, Pastor Ted found out somebody at the foundry switched the bell. So I guess that absolves Caleb's dad now. Uh, what'd he say? He asked me why I was there. Caleb says, you know, it, or if that's why Caleb was there was just to, to let him know what happened. He says, no, I was there because I should have listened to him, backed him up, should have believed which, him. Which means by inference that he shouldn't have listened to Hannah, right? Not necessarily. Hannah wasn't, Hannah was just saying like, hey, here's something for you to make a decision on. Hmm. She wasn't really pressing it. So I, I wouldn't put that on Hannah. Okay. Uh, anyway, Caleb's telling his dad, you know, all this stuff. And he said, then I didn't say anything. I just stood there. It's going to let him take a swing with me if he wanted to. And Hannah uh, kind of smiles at this. And, and she's like, did he domestically abuse you? And Caleb's like, no. Instead, uh, he threw me like his like fish on a string, asked me if I knew I had a clean fish. Somehow Caleb does. Actual even, bad guys. Even though he's a hacker, bro. Yeah. So they fried up the catch and had dinner. Real uh, nature bros and shit. Blah, blah, Hard blah. Bed. Yeah, Caleb's world's all better now. It's fucking annoying. Mm -hmm. And Caleb kind of touches her shoulder and stands up and turns around. It's like, let's talk about you now, you know? Yeah. Uh, You know, your mom didn't do it. And Hannah gets up and walks in. She's like, yeah, well, he's going to make her look guiltier and guiltier until the cops start paying attention. And he says, okay, look, shoes or no shoes. We know she wasn't in New York the night Wilden died. And Hannah says, so all we need to do is prove she she was in New York. Uh, no, no, no. She, she says, so all we have to do is put her shoes in New York. And he's like, well, I don't know if that's all we have to do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a start. And you see them walk past that church sign, and fucking Pastor Ted has left a new stupid quote for them. Jesus. Uh, where is the, it? The uh, line is, 
They whose guilt within their bosoms lie imagine every eye beholds their blame from Shakespeare. From Pastor Ted Wilson. What the fuck is up with Pastor Ted's quotes? (laughs) Yeah, he's pretty goddamn creepy. He's dropping quotes like he's A. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Ari and Ella, we cut to her outside the bookstore. Um, Is this the bookstore that Spencer supposedly likes? The one where Ari was looking for when she was missing? Perhaps. I would be remiss if I didn't point out that Ella is pulling a copy of Rear Window and other stories, including... I Married a Dead Man and Waltz into Darkness. Yeah, she's picking up a Cornell Woolrich omnibus. And as mm-hmm. the cover of the book tells you, uh, Woolrich wrote a short story called It Had to Be Murder, which was adapted to Hitchcock's Rear Window. Um, again, another shout out to Norman Buckley yeah. for that one. We, we also see copies of uh, Keats' 64 Sonnets, Animal Farm, Brave New World, and of course, To Kill a Mockingbird. But, but in... Ella's hands are Cornell Woolrich and Carson McCullers. It's like Ella's carrying in her hand some of the cornerstones of PLO's inspirations. Mm-hmm. Southern Gothic fiction, crime fiction, film noir, and massive shout-outs to LGBT writers and themes. Yeah. So what is Ari actually saying here? Um, Apparently Ella's just told Ari about Baker. Yeah, Vienna in Austria. Wow. And Ella's like, don't tell someone surprised. And Ari's like, I'm not surprised. I'm impressed. And Ella just looks kind of regretful. Is she going to go? Ella says there's a split second where she thought about buying a ticket and going with with him. Arya's like, only a second? And Ella says, you'd be surprised how long a second can last when you're in an adrenalized hyper-reality. Yeah. And Arya asks, like, do you want to go? And Ella's like, no, it's not that simple. And Arya's like, I didn't ask if it was simple or hard. I just asked if you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about what will happen if you're away for a year? And Ella says, less than a year. Or I'm sorry. Are you worried about what happened, like if if uh, Zach. if yeah. Zach is away for a year, you know, without her? And that was like, well, less than a year. And Ari says, still, that's that's a long time to be away from someone. Like this bozo is a catch or something. He does own his own. I mean, he licks his lips a lot. I guess that's a thing. He uh he has his own like coffee shop bakery place. He can bake. He gardens. In this town. I mean, we've seen the dudes in this town. You know what? I'm 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 being unnecessarily hard on this guy. I got to point out he is going to this thing in Vienna, and only five Americans were chosen. Mm-hmm. So obviously, yeah. I mean, what's up? With he that? knows That's his awesome. pastry. Yeah, he anyway, knows his, his hands in the dough. Ella just looks sad here. So let's hop on over to uh, Toby's teen contractor loft. That he are they ever going to finish this fucking loft? Well, like, does he just own this place now? Uh, is the toilet working yet? He seems pretty comfortable, and it does, I don't really see any construction going on in exactly. this place. Exactly. Yeah. Is he just? He's like, oh, it? I just own a fancy loft downtown. Like, take that as her fits. Well, it's like every time the people who own the brew, or I guess Zach, asks, you know, like, hey, Toby, how's it going up there? And Toby's just like, yeah, I'm waiting for those special screws to come in. Mm-hmm. Lol. Lol. Yeah, I'm waiting on some permits. Going to be another month. You'll have to yeah. keep paying me. Yeah. Um, so Spencer's there. She's on her laptop looking at the, the phone lookup doctor, looking yeah. at the numbers from Tippy the Bird. Looking at the website page for phone lookup doctor. Um, the latest number she looked at has come up to nothing, so she says, strike three. And Toby's like, you sure that number you got from the bird is a real number? Well, he's like, real phone number? Like, he definitely puts an emphasis on real there. Yeah. And it's like, hey, hey, cool with the attitude, Toby. Yeah. Yeah. And Spencer says, wouldn't ring if it was re- if it wasn't a real phone number. Uh, it's just not in any of these reverse directories that I can find. Toby's on like some kind of like artsy, fancy fucking couch. Yeah, he he closes the Radley transcript he's been looking at in like a huff, and he like holds his head. And Spencer kind of watches this and gets up and goes over. Well, 
he's rubbing his hands over that helmet of hair of his. And he's, he, like, he's doing his hand acting, man. Yeah, he leans his head down, holds his hand together, his fingers are in lace at the back of the head, like right over his brainstem. I mean, this is just more of the impeccable handwork of mm-hmm. one Mr. Keegan Allen. Yeah, so Spencer comes over there. Is he okay? And he says he just keeps reading Dr. Palmer's notes. He wanted to know what happened to his mom. He drops the file, and he's like, it's not in there. Spencer just kind of sm- sighs and looks at her sad-ass boyfriend, and she says, yeah. we're going to find out what he did, you know. Um, but she points out that at some point, Emily and the other liars will find out that he moved the lair and gave it to A. She suggests that they tell the liars now before somebody else does. Yeah. Toby says he doesn't think he could look them in the eyes. The thing about A, when it was with Mona, whoever it is now, she always knows whenever you're at your weakest. And Spencer says, she? And Toby says, it, it always felt like a she, hasn't it? Old sea captain Toby. Mm-hmm. Spencer doubles down. She picks up the file to go through. Spencer says, check the facts. Isn't that what A told you? Yeah, uh, so Toby says, the facts, facts are, yeah, go ahead. The facts are my mom stole a key, unlocked a window at Rally, and jumped. <laughs> I don't know why I find that amusing, but I do. Yeah. Depression, everyone. Uh, Spencer <laughs> says, those are the facts, but how are we supposed to check them? And he's like, you'd go back there? And she says, sure, if it could help you. Well, like, there's this moment where he just stares at her like he's just realized that that's what she's suggesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going back to Radley. You're so undeserving, Toby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. like Their rapport is fascinating because they're, you know, they're a couple. They're intimate. He seems so much slower than her. And so much sadder. It's like sadder. he just fills a role. Yeah. He just needs a, a boyfriend who is pliable and not too demanding. Sometimes he's, you know, like the guy that she can call to fix a shelf or a toilet. Sometimes he's just abs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we cut to Hannah's kitchen at night. Hannah's like setting the dinner table when Ashley comes home with their dinner. Hannah just gives Ashley this like weird look, which Ashley picks up on. This this scene is fun because it's like a role reversal where instead of Ashley trying to get the truth out of Hannah, it's the other way around. Yeah. Uh, Hannah starts in with like how she thinks that Ashley got jipped. That you know Ashley went to New York and all she got to see was the inside of that hey, stupid hotel. They cool it with the ethnic slurs, Mrs. Marin. There, jipped. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just Hannah, that dynamic, magical unicorn that she is, is really fishing here. And that's a shout out to you, Amanda, mm-hmm. for referring to Hannah as a magical unicorn. Uh, Ashley plays it cool. doesn't drop the facade. She says it was just a business seminar, not a vacation. So well, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah's like, oh, you spent all that time in New York. You only got to see the inside of your hotel. Uh, yeah, Ashley's like, no, it's just a business seminar, not a pleasure trip. And Hannah nods like, like Ashley nods, like she can tell Ashley's lying. And she says, so you didn't get to do anything? didn't go shopping or go to a restaurant. And Ashley says, do you want my itinerary, Hannah? It was a conference and meetings the whole time. And then they marched us off to a musical on Friday night as a reward. And Hannah says, what show? And Ashley says, anything goes. Bring me the plates. So anything goes is an old musical of music by Cole Porter. You might remember the title song as being sung by Kate Capshaw in Mandarin at the beginning of Indiana Definitely Jones. Definitely do Doom. You don't remember that? I don't Ter- remember the song. Anything goes? Oh, it's too bad. Terrifyingly. There's also a more recent version sung by Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga from an upcoming duets album they're doing together. I am dead. Not, I'm not making that up. Oh, okay. But yeah, so Ashley's definitely feeling Hannah's like harsh accusatory vibes. Um, there's some serious tension between the two of them as they go about the routine of laying out their, their takeout dinner. And mm. this is key, I think, because as we pointed out in many previous episodes, the way Ashley and Hannah always fell into sync with each other in their various kitchen routines was basically what made them the Gilmore Girls. It showed mm. like one of their one of their well, things that showed their unity against the rest of the world. Oh, and it's it's how you judge how that relationship's happening, right? You know, 
Right. There's yeah. there's trouble in the Marin household when something interrupts this flow. Yeah. Um. So we cut to Arya's house where Arya's on a date with uh, Step Up Karate Bro Jake. She, yeah. She's got some popcorn. Their date is apparently watching a movie at home. Like, nice, Arya. She is dressed like an evil go-go dancer. Pretty much, yeah. I'd say uh, that, that's accurate. Yeah. Like, well, like, was this Arya's idea? Like, Arya, like, you just Of course started... this was Arya's idea. Oh, yeah. But, like, you just started dating this guy, like... Like, you don't, like, she's pulling, like, uh, like, oh, well, if I was going to hang out with Ezra, we'd just hang out and watch a movie. You know, it's like, don't you want to go out, do something? Guess not. No, no. She's uh, like, well, me and Ezra never went out because we had to hide the fact that uh, I'm a minor. Yeah. Uh, still am. <laughs> Jake. Maybe. Don't know, don't I don't know. Who Jake knows? Is. She might be 18 now. Um, they're watching The Big Sleep starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, which is topical. It's also based on a book by Raymond Chandler. Well, it's also, like, a total PLL movie. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It's the, it's in a way, I feel like it so far from what we've seen, it's the most mainstream of Arya's movie choices. Probably, yeah. Uh, um, Big Sleep also many similarities and influences on the Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah, because the Big Lebowski. I believe I've read the Big Marlo. Sleep, but not actually watched the movie. I should probably watch the movie. I've read every Philip Marlowe book. Oh. Um. So they're watching Lauren Bacall, and Jake says. I don't trust her. And Arya's like, it's film noir. You're not supposed to trust her. And I feel like... You're not supposed to trust anybody. Meta. That's, that's Arya's about me on her MySpace. Mm-hmm. For like the longest time, that's what she had. Um, on so, the, on, I just have to point out, uh, you know, R.I.P. Lauren Bacall here. On screen, she does this move where she's sitting on Bogart's desk while he's in a chair. And she reaches out with her leg and like slides a chair over to, to prop her feet up on it. It's super sexy. And this was during the production code times when they couldn't, you know, they, they had to be creative in how they, you know, made their stars sexy because there's a lot of stuff they couldn't do. And so it's interesting to watch film noirs and see how they use, like, body language to suggest a lot of things. Yeah, but especially since, I mean, body language is different than skin because Lauren mm-hmm. McCall didn't need to show skin yeah. to be sexy. Um, So Jake, oh boy, says... Why are detective movies always in black and white? And I have to borrow another line from Jacob Clifton's T-WAP recap here, in which Ari would say, it's like time traveling to a more pretentious world where I would fit in and be normal. Yeah. Black and white's a different world. I love it. And he's like, if I see a black and white movie on TV, I think something's broken. And Ari just looks appalled at this. How dare you? She's just like looking at him in disgust. She's like, you're kidding, right? He pauses for a moment. Well, he uh, he does a thing where he like it's like he didn't really hear her and he keeps watching, but then he like looks over and catches her face out of the corner of his eye, and he's like, "Ha ha ha! How'd you go in there, right? Holy shit! You're this, crazy." This weaselly simpleton jackass plays it off like he's joking, but I don't yeah. think he was joking. Well, Arya has like eyes full of hate, you know, like yeah, <laughs> shooting lasers. Yeah, I mean, like they're like. You know, we love Pretty Liars annotations.tumblr.com, but really I want the uh, Tumblr where it's just Arya's face, but like shooting lasers at all the other characters. <laughs> Somebody make that happen. Arya why, why don't you make that happen? I'll be right back. Yeah. Um, so then he asks her well, he's, why yeah, he's her paused the movie. Yeah. Um, why it makes her nervous. Yeah, that he might not like something as much as she does. And Arya's trying to play it cool. She's like, I just want to make sure we have stuff in common, you know? Arya's like, look, I come from the high-fidelity school of relationships where it really matters, you know, the taste and the things that you're into. Plus, she's looking for an empty receptacle for her wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says it's Step up, bro, Jake is pretty empty. Yeah. He has, like, he has, like, that, like, stupid man's wisdom. 
Oh God! Don't even get me started on his fucking yeah. sage advice. Um, yeah. you, you'll hear about all throughout season four. A. He says it's great to have things in common, but if people match up too much, there wouldn't be any surprises. And she just studies him. So like, yeah, that'd be pretty dull. She's studying him like a praying mantis <laughs> might like study OK Cupid. Um, and he's like, and I don't think you'd like dull. And she's like, no. I don't. Well, she like cracks like a devious smile. Yeah. You know, I want to say it's a it's a fake smile, but it's this kind of creepy tiny smile that cr- falls across her lovely tiny face, and it seems sincere for dark reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we learned last week's episode. Are you sexually aroused by power? And the sense of superiority she gets from this imbecile probably gives her the warm and fuzzies. Well, she has her hair done in such a way that it's kind of draping over the sides of her face, so that. Her eyebrows, like, you don't see the arch. You just see the, the upward, mm. you know, slant of the eyebrow. You don't see the curve on the outside of her face. And so she looks super crazy. Well, like, her, her, you know, above the shoulders, she looks like a cross between, like, Snooky and a witch. Mm-hmm. I mean, she looks terrifying. This is, this is a scary fucking day. Jake, you should be diving out that window. Yeah. So they restart the movie, and Ari's kind of, like, smiling evil thoughts to herself. And, Lauren McCall does the move where uh, she scratches her leg and then like pulls it down, fl- pulls the dress down again, and glares at Bogart. Well, no, no the again, Jacob Clifton points yeah. out beautifully this moment. She everything about her body language is indicating that she has a scratch on her thigh or an itch on her thigh, mm-hmm. but she's a lady; she can't do it. So Bogey just kind of smiles and then he says, "Go ahead, yeah, scratch it." And so she she does, and he's like, "You're welcome." Um, if you the thing about this, if you ignore everything that was inappropriate about Ezra which was a lot. Mm-hmm. I think you see that they kind of worked because they were so grossly similar. I mean, like yeah. they really were pretentious, smarmy doppelgangers in love. And I'd rather ship that, I think, or I'd rather ship Arya and like Pigtunia over Arya and Jake. By the way, I looked it up. It's Pigtunia. You looked that up. That's the, that's Arya's puppet or pig mm-hmm. puppet. Pigtunia. Pigtunia even has a tweet, Twitter account. Think about that. Wow. So uh, next day we're at uh, an office with all this like wood paneling. On the, well, uh, just in a, in a like production of they first they show like that standard like establishing shot of Rosewood, PA. Yeah, from over that one that one hillside, that one shot that they there's have a, of Rosewood. There's a train going by. It's a simpler time. Yeah, um, so got the Doctor Vargas's office. Yeah, Emily comes into this kind of wood panel doctor's office. Uh, you can see she's still kind of favoring her shoulder there, and the Doctor says, "You told the EMT as you fell off your bike," and Emily's like, "That's what happened." And he says, oh, you hit your shoulder pretty hard, all the cuts and bruises. And she's like, I guess I got lucky. And he's like, I guess so. Like, this doctor, a little too fucking nosy. Yeah, he's a little too fucking nosy. Emily he's is, like giving her these like pointed looks. Emily is just so goddamn hard boiled this season. Yeah. yeah um, and he says, uh, set the x rays and MRI for a consult. Aren't you a doctor? Uh, <laughs> it looks like she's still in some discomfort. Would you like him to write a prescription, something to help, maybe hydrocodone? Oh, yeah. You say yes to that, Emily. Uh, but instead, <laughs> Emily says, uh, I had a bad reaction to it. And he's like, hmm, that's strange. I don't see that in your file. Who prescribed it to you? And she's like, I mean, uh, I heard you could have a bad reaction to it. Yeah. And he, now he looks super suspicious. And he's like, all right, I'll call you when I hear back from the consult. So she thanks him and leaves. And he gives her this look like he's really sad that she's not more forthcoming. Um, so two things. Like your own fucking business, doctor. I feel like when the hydrocodone prescription comes up in the deleted scene, like on one shoulder of Emily, like pops up like Benjamin Light, the angel who's just like, you should take it. You're in pain. And then on the other shoulder pops up the devil Benjamin Light who's like, yeah, take that shit. 
Oh, get the prescription. Don't take it now. Wait till you're not in pain, because that's when it feels really good. Only if you want a case of the fucking Wonderfuls. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Vargas is always one of those names that creeps me out. It is. I like. I once met a girl whose last name was Moriarty. She terrified. Oh. I mean, I want to know more about her, but she's scary. Um, so Ashley's office at the bank is where we cut to next. Hannah's there, bringing her mom uh, car keys that she forgot. Yeah. Uh, the, Ashley's like, and that's why they're supposed to live on the desk by the front door. Because Hannah's like, oh, sorry, I forgot I had them. And Hannah says, you know, it'd be a lot easier if I had my own set. And Ashley's like, yeah, it would. Smile. Not going to happen. Not anytime soon. Yeah. Hannah sees the flowers on Ashley's desk. She, uh, Ashley says that the bank probably got them by the car load. Got them for everyone who went to New York. Ashley steps out to do some office stuff. And I just want to say that it, it seems more believable watching Ashley Marin do generic office stuff than Pam Fields. You know, I actually like freeze framed it to see what was on Ashley's computer. And it's like, it's like a letter or something, right? It's like a letter to somebody saying their like request for a loan extension has been granted. Oh, that's nice. And then I thought, why am I, why am I freeze framing what's on <laughs> Ashley's computer <laughs> at the old savings alone? But somebody had to open up like a Microsoft Word document and type that out. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so as soon as Ashley's gone, Hannah immediately starts snooping around. She looks in the wastebasket and she sees there's like a note in there, like one would get from flowers. Thank you. Carl. And she yeah. pulls it out and the note says, hope you're feeling better. The show is a dud. You didn't miss anything. She mm. makes the Hannah face. Yeah. Does that Hannah face. And then Ashley comes back in. I like this move. Hannah's getting bold. She just holds up the note to Ashley and it's like, mm. and Ashley's like, Hannah. And Hannah just like storms out. And Ashley's like, Hannah. And but then like her phone's ringing, so she can't run after it. She has to answer instead. Hannah gives her this like "fuck you" face, and then like tosses the car mm-hmm. in the trash as she leaves. Um, so we cut to like a Rosewood, the Rosewood High School in the hallway. Spencer's Lockers. getting yeah, getting some books out of her locker, and Emily and Aria hanging with her. Spencer's like, uh, "Vanna's a long way to go for some strudel, if you know what I mean." Lol. And Aria says, "Depends on who the baker is, if you know what I mean." And Emily's like, "Yuck." Yeah. You bitches are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Emily asks if Ella would go, and Arya says that Ella has said no, but Arya thinks that she's actually thinking about it. Yeah, and Spencer is like, well, what do you think about this, Arya? And Arya's like, I don't know. Not sure. You know, it's weird not having her in the house. I can't imagine what it would be like having her on another continent. Hmm. Maybe you should I, think about that, Arya. I don't know if you want to handle it piecemeal. All, all my notes have on Arya's outfit is that it looks like a cross between something you'd wear to like a ski weekend getaway and a like steampunk, steampunk well, her, dystopia weekend getaway. The best thing I can describe about Ari's outfit is that her boots are like these black leather laced up boots that have like the kind of shiny silver grommets, like mm-hmm. steel grommets. There, it's a weird look. Black tights, black skirt, uh, white blouse with a red sleeveless vest over it. Um, it looks like a trench coat that like you cut the sleeves and like the the bottom off of. Actually, it does actually look cut. It might have actually started as a trench coat, uh, and then like a you know studded belt around the so, section. So basically, these girls we, we when we've commented in these past few episodes, these girls have like basically mashed up like film noir outfits with medieval. I don't know. Well, <laughs> Hannah. Meanwhile, wear. Hannah's got a leather jacket on, a scarf. Or, I'm sorry, Emily. Emily's got a leather jacket on with a scarf that like hangs down to her thighs, uh, a red blouse underneath, and I don't know if those are jeans or leggings or what, some sort of weird gray pants that have crazy like design, like geometric designs on the outside. It's so weird. I don't even know. And yeah. Spencer's in like this weird like 
turquoise maternity dressing with a blazer over it and like big white boots that the kind of shoes that the uh, Clive Owen would wear on the Nick, basically. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Um, so the girls walk outside. We see them coming out the front entrance. Then, um, this is the oh, this is the same shoes that Spencer wore, and I believe that episode where she like teamed up with Jason last season. And I kept saying that they look like they're ice skates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, they do look like ice skates. So it said, you know, hey, any luck on Big Bird's number? Spencer says no, that she's like plugged it into every reverse uh, directory that she knows. It's a real number going to real line. She can't get the info, not even a name on the town, which I'm thinking, time to call in Miles Corwin, Hastings mm-hmm. PI on retainer. And Ari is like, dead end. And Spencer says, no, not yet. I'm not giving up. Can't stop, won't stop. Emily started on those notebooks. There's a lot of them. She could use some help, and Arya offers to come over. Spencer says she can't. She promised to help tow you or something. Let's be real. Arya's not going to be any fucking help. Yeah. Well, and Emily's like, well, I guess we can handle it, me and Arya. Then Pam Fields walks up, calls Emily. over to Emily. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I thought I'd give you a ride. And Emily's like, yeah, sure, and turns back to her friends. And she's like, now. And she's like very stern. And Emily's like, what's going on? Is that okay? And she says, your father is fine. This is about you. What about me? Dr. Vargas called. He wanted to know if I'd ever given you any of the hydrocodone that I prescribed, that I was prescribed last year. And he's like, why would he ask you that? And Pam says, he said you're uncertain if you'd ever taken it. And Emily very badly lines says, I've never taken it. And Pam says, Emily, I checked the bottle. I counted pills. Now I might be off one or two off, but there were more than seven pills missing. Did you take them? Pill drama. And she's lying, like, so bad here. Like, all she needs to do is say, look, my shoulder is hurting, I took a couple, I'm sorry. But Emily just, like, she can't admit any fault to her mom, so she just has to be like, I didn't take them, even though it's clearly obvious that she took them, you know? Yeah. And Pam's like, then where did they go? Pam's gonna need some sort of explanation, but Emily just, like, turns around and walks away, and so Pam kind of reaches out and grabs her by the right arm, and this is, you know, the bad shoulder, so Emily, like, cries out in pain, she's like, no. And Pam's like, get in the car. And Emily says, no, let go of my arm. And now, like, people around are kind of starting to turn and watch. You know, it's like almost turning into a scene. And and Pam, like, suddenly kind of realizes this, so she lets go. Yeah. Spencer and Arya have been watching all this amongst everybody else. And I really Mm -hmm. wanted to see Arya mouth the words, shut it down. (laughs) I want to see that so bad. Yeah, so Pam lets go and it almost looks like surprised that, you know, what, that, like, how that escalated. And she apologizes. She says, just get in the car now, please. Mm. Emily does and Pam looks very guilty as Arya and Spencer are watching this and Arya says to Spencer what is going on and Spencer says I have no idea and then she just walks off <laughs> fuck this <laughs> yeah. Arya gets a text that says cleaning up Rosewood one mean mommy at a time dig we must kisses A A is so snarky I fucking love it mm-hmm. did you also see that little tiny little Asian man in the suit who walked past Arya just then I did not know I can't tell if he's a student or a teacher Oh, yeah, I do see him now. He's, like, uh, in a suit. Yeah, I don't know what's going suit. on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we cut to an empty classroom where Caleb's sitting there talking to Hannah. <laughs> where Caleb paces. holds his office hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where she's pacing. Would you wear Caleb's coat here? Would I? Yeah. Uh, it's this, like, army olive drab. But it's with... like a uh, like, uh, stoner army. Well, it's got, it's like an olive drab jacket, but it has, like, these weird like patterns on top i i really don't even know how to describe them there's like just kind of like earth, earth tone like reds and and uh browns and whatnot like it, it's a weird look dressed like a colonel in the rastafarian army yeah <laughs> um so he says that you know most people don't have alibis because they don't realize they need them 
um, actual bad guys. Yeah, so Hannah knows that Ashley was lying, and that she says that she was in Rosewood that night. So Caleb counters that all Hannah knows for sure is that Ashley wasn't at the play slash musical. Mm-hmm. And Hannah's like, you know what? I'm going to end up without a mom or a dad. Caleb's like, hey, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, has your mom talked to your dad about this at all? No, my parents communicate through attorneys ever since my dad and his Stepford wife pulled Kate out of Rosewood High. And um, Caleb, great, like, great he, reference. Yeah. Caleb, like, hears a noise in the hall and looks over, but I guess there's nothing there. And he looks back at Hannah and he says, maybe talking to an attorney isn't such a bad idea. And Hannah says, you think she did something? And Caleb's like, no, I'm just saying the ground isn't that solid right now. I wonder where Kate goes to school now. Oakmont? Or oh, is it Oakwood? The wherever Shauna goes, is that like a prep school? I didn't. didn't I always Amanda... got the impression that Oakwood was like the, uh, like the lower class school or something. Even though, as far as I can tell, Rosewood is a public school. Uh, so you think before the swim meets, uh, like Paige is like burring it on, and like Shauna's like consider it barotten. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't Amanda tell us that Oakwood is like five hours away from Rosewood, from mystical Rosewood? Mystical Rosewood. That should be really- uh, given that time moves slower than normal in Rosewood. Who knows how long it actually takes to get there? Yeah, yeah. Um, things yeah. happen on the island and lost faster. Yeah. Than you might need a time traveling car to get in and out. That'd be cool. Um, so at the Rosewood police station, Hannah's putting some flowers on Pam Fields' desk. This is like the flimsiest reason ever for Hannah to be here for this. Like, why is she bringing Pam flowers? Well, I'm, I want Pam to be like, if Pam wasn't so busy later, to be like, the fuck is Hannah bringing me flowers yeah. for? I guess Pam- Hannah was a house guest there, annoyingly so, for a few days. Ah, that's pretty, that's thin, that's pretty thin, but. <laughs> Common so, courtesy, that's flimsy as fuck. Yeah, she puts this little vase of flowers on Pam's desk. Pam is not there, because, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, police had half a day. And then Hannah kind of looks over, and she happens to spot an open door th- in, for, like, conference room two. And inside, we, we see there's, like, a whiteboard with, like, pictures of, like, Wilden and Allie and Toby and Mona and, like, kind of, uh, like, lines connecting them all together. And Hannah's like, ooh, what's this? So she kind of, like, you know, stealthy Hannah walks on over there, waits at the door for a moment, and then kind of slips right inside to take a look at the, you know, the big board of the at investigation. This, at this moment, I, I'm just thinking to myself, because I did not fully remember this scene, I'm thinking, start taking pictures, Hannah, pull out your fucking phone right now. At this moment, I am euphoric. Yeah. Um. So, okay, there's a bunch of shit on this. Do you want to talk about this at the end of the episode or do it now? Um, you think we can wait to the end of the episode? We can. That's fine. I mean, I, I have notes. I, you know, this is candy to me. So I, you know, paused it. And... You're right. Let's let's power through the rest and then we'll come back. That'll be okay. our little Easter the, egg. the main point is we, we see the big board. You've got pictures of Melissa, Ian, Spencer, Ali, Aria, Hannah, Emily, Cable. Or, I'm sorry, <laughs> Caleb. Cable. Cable, yeah, there you go. Future. <laughs> who would Cal- who would Caleb like? Who would he be the son from the future of? Like Arya, Arya and Ezra. That it'd be Caleb, didn't you? <laughs> oh no! If Caleb was Cable, would he be like Arya and Ezra's son? So are you saying that Ezra is Scott Summers and Arya is Jean Grey? Well, yeah, obviously. So who's Wolverine? Caleb. Uh, Toby. Toby. So, oh, obviously, because to- Caleb is Gambit. No fucking shit. Toby's just like, I'm the best at what I do. Uh, I hate to go there, but is Emily Storm? Who's Jubilee? I guess Hannah? Or not, I mean, Mona. Uh, Ro- Mona's Jubilee. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so Hannah would be Rogue, Sugar. Mm-hmm. Who is Colossus? Um, Jake? I don't know. We could go on this forever. 
who's uh-huh. Nightcrawler. Cable. Can we just start calling him Cable from now on? I would. If I, you know, if I were Caleb, if I were named Caleb and I needed like a cool hacker handle, I'd go as Cable because that that works, right? Cable Bionic Bionic Eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mikey, Wilden, Toby, CC, Garrett, Ashley, Jenna, Thing, Mona, Holy Therapy, sh- Ann. Holy shitballs! Mikey's on there too. Mikey's on there. Yeah, we'll get to that. So there's all these pictures. There's like a shovel, of course. We, there's a picture of the liars in their uh, candy stripers. Who's the mugshot? Which mugshot? There's a couple mugshots. Oh, on oh I'm sorry. The one. Oh, that one. It, that that's nobody. Um, there's all these pictures and like lines between them and notes about them. It's the big board. It's the whole investigation. It's the evidence. And Hannah zeroes in. She kind of like you know. It's like there's Wilden lying to Ashley. Wilden, Ashley, Wilden. You know, like she's she's like, oh shit, my mom's part of this investigation. So she pulls out her phone. Is about to take a picture of this big board, and then Holbrook steps right in front of the camera and he says, "Can I help you?" <laughs> Can he do his voice the whole episode? I will attempt to. Uh, <laughs> only when he talks, of course. Okay. Hannah's kind of flustered and manages to lie and say she's looking for Pamfield. She brought her flowers, and he says, "We should step outside." And so she she asks, "What's all this?" You know, the evidence wall. He escorts her out of the room, shuts the door. Well, he Holbrook like says he kind of just starts walking towards her, like she kind of has to back up because yeah. he's he's like you know physically walking her out of the room, yeah, and she's yeah. still trying to look at the board behind him. But it's him. not as like creepy as if like Wilden did it. No, no, he's not aggressive about it. But it's this is a guy who knows how to uh, move people around when he needs to. You know, he has command of the situation for sure. He seems wholesome though. Mm-hmm. How you break down a murder case if you want to solve it? <laughs> she asks if all the stuff on the board has to do with who killed Wilden. Most of it. And Hannah says, "Well, is my name on that board?" Or no, I'm sorry. Well, why is my name on that board? And he says, "Lots of people are on that board." Sorry, I, I, I lose the voice sometimes. Uh, people who knew him, people who didn't even know they knew him. One by one, you take people off the list. Just part of the process. Nothing to worry about. Hannah's like, yeah, unless you're the last name on the list. And he says, well, then you might have a problem. Uh, and Hannah processing this and then looks over and sees that like Melissa Hastings is talking to like a uniform cop over there. See, this is in the in the, like, the HBO version. This is when Hannah would be like, oh, shit, you know. <laughs> and Holbrook kind of he notes the interest between Hannah and Melissa here and sees Melissa and he's like, excuse me. And he walks off, he goes over and introduces himself to Melissa, shakes her hand, and invites Melissa into his office. Yeah. And Melissa looks over, she sees Hannah watching her. Doesn't really react, but they definitely make eye contact. Then she looks at her again before she... Well, yeah, as as she enters the office, she looks back at Hannah one more time, just like making eye contact, but her face is like unreadable. We don't know what it is. Hannah gets the fuck out of there, her. but I would have loved Hannah forever if she just went right back in that evidence wall room. It or might have been locked. He like shut the door. Um, but yeah, that would have been so that would have been great. I think we can both agree this episode desperately needed an Officer Barry sighting. I you I know love... what it didn't need was Tom fucking Marin. No, but I just want to say real quick, Officer Barry really is like the show's like Chief O'Brien. I I don't know what the equivalent is from other shows. The first example I could come up with is like like Gunther from Friends, but Slim like Charles. That background fixture character who interacts with main characters or recurring characters, guest stars from time to time, but like they're a fixture, you know? They really are mm-hmm. integral to the moving parts of some aspect of the show. You can't recast them. He's, he's too, too much of a presence to just recast. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I love that, like in like Next Generation, Chief O'Brien would be in episodes where he had no dialogue. 
because he was a part of the crew uh-huh. or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, so outside Tom Aaron's office at day, during the day, Tom's walking out of his office, heading the car, and Caleb comes up to him from the future and says, Mr. Marin. Yeah, they need to talk, you know. I uh, just wanted to make sure that Tom knew, knows what's going on, and Tom's like, what exactly is this about? And Caleb's like, Detective Wilden. And it's like, well, what's this got to do with me? You know that he's bothering your wife and daughter. And he's like, Hannah's mother is my ex-wife. I'm Stickler, a douche. Yeah. yeah. The point is, he was giving them a hard time. It wasn't exactly a secret. Now he's dead. And Tom's like, yes, we've established that. He's just like douchey businessman here. Yeah. And he the moves to leave, but the... then Caleb stops him, puts a hand out on on it, you know, his torso there. He's like, no, no, hey, they're bringing in some state investigators. Hannah's worried they're gonna try and pin it on her mom. If that happens, they're both gonna need help. What kind of help? Father Hannah's mom's gonna need a lawyer, and Hannah, Hannah needs to know you're gonna be there for her. Okay, she needs a father. And Tom's like, I'll keep all this in mind. Thank you, Caleb. And he gets in his car, and Caleb's just like, you're welcome. I think. Are you a robot? Do you have ice water in your veins, sir? Yeah. Um. So we cut to Emily's house at night. Emily's bedroom. Aria and Emily are going through Allison's shit. Aria asks Emily looking if she ever... looking through the notebooks. Looking for Aria's clues. Aria's being no help as predicted. She asks Emily if she ever told her mom about the pills. And eventually, you know, Emily had to tell her mom. And it basically comes down to, like, which lie should Emily have told her? The lie that she told the EMTs or the lie that she told Paige? Yeah. And she says, I'm not doing well on the lie detector test this week. And R.A. says, it wasn't that big a lie. Not like you're fucking your teacher or anything. Emily's like, do you, she literally says, do you hear yourself? Mm-hmm. I took my mom's <laughs> prescription painkillers. It's not that big of a lie compared to, you know, you fucking your teacher and everything else you've had to deal with. And R.A. says, I don't even want to think about the size of the story we're going to have to come up with if somebody sees that video of us in Wilden's car. So Arya keeps fondling that mask. Which, yeah, she's playing around uh, with the mask. Meta statement. And then Arya, like, basically tears one of the eyes off the mask. And we can see there's, like, another eye of a different mask underneath. Human eye. It appears to be a human eye for just a moment. Because, I mean, you know, three guesses as to what's underneath this mask. Another mask. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then that's, she that's starts... That's every parallel recap. Yeah. <laughs> she starts peeling off the... You know, she peels off the other eye. She peels off the, the white face and... Underneath the Mardi Gras mask, there's an Allison De Laurentiis mask. Oh, shit. And it's, you know, painted in skin tone and lipstick and whatnot. Looks like Allie. Uh, and well, I love the, she's just like, Em, look at this. Tell me what you see. And Emily grabs and stares. And she's just like, fuck me. It's Allie. Yeah. Yeah. This looks like the mask Hannah saw on the train. And Ari's like, and it may be the one that all of us saw at the lodge. Why did Allie have one? And Emily says, because she was the original. She must have modeled for it. And Ari says, well, why would she do something like that? Emily, I like how they each get to say his line sooner or later. Emily says, that's immortality, my darlings. And Ari's like, why did Mona have a copy? And Emily's thinking, I don't know. Maybe we can, you know, we can't ask Mona. So really, even though Mona is a fount of willing information, they'd rather give her the squeeze. Yeah. Heartless bitches. Uh-huh. Um, so Arya finds a mark stamped on the back of the mask. Yeah. And kind of on the inside. And they both look at this and Emily and Ari look at each other. They're very worried. What? And, yeah. 
We cut to Hannah's bedroom where Hannah's like sitting on her bed, not really reading her book as she listens to music on her ginormous Beats by Dre headphones. But I like the way this plays because it's, for some reason, like they only do this with Hannah. Like there's like soundtrack music that's diegetic on Hannah's headphones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's playing this song and it's like halfway into the second like uh, line of the verse when Ashley comes in and it's like surprising because it's like right in the middle of a verse Ashley comes in and like rips the headphones off and it's like I did not appreciate you spying on me and it's like the music cuts away it's, it's like very jarring to watch you're like ah well, that it's was surprising always, that's always jarring when you're like your 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 sound your hearing is taken away and people well, and sneak up on you you have no awareness normally they would like let it get to like the end of a verse to like you know cut a, you know have the sound like interrupted, but no, it interrupts it right in the middle of the verse. Right. She's not oh. appreciate you spying on me. Hannah, so Hannah rolls over and she gets up. She's like, I wasn't spying. I just looked in the wastebasket. Yeah. And Ashley's like, you deliberately looked in the wastebasket. Hannah, by the way, is wearing a shirt that says meow on it. It has the head of a <laughs> kitty. A little, little cat, like peering up from like a black border frame. Well, the bottom of the shirt, it says meow. And this whole meow. scene, all you can see is meow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hannah says, You lied to me, and Ashley says, I do not have to count to myself for myself to you. To and, you. Yeah, and Hannah says, Mom, I don't care about the stupid play, alright? But why would you lie about it? And Ashley looks very upset and she says, Do not ask me do not ask me any more questions. So Ashley storms out, the camera cuts to Hannah, and again she starts to do her Hannah face thing. Then we discover Ashley Marin's not fully left. She's in the doorway, and she's just like Hannah, if anyone asks you any questions, and Hannah's like, I'll say you're at the show. And Ashley's like, don't lie. Just don't say anything. And Hannah's like, that's my M.O. I can do that. So Ashley then walks out. Mom of the year. We cut back to Hannah as Hannah's face processes all this and their phone rings and she answers it. Um, What do you think that the ironic and funny t-shirt shop in the Rosewood Mall looks like? I don't even know. Yeah. I, 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 does she order all these online? I don't know where Hannah gets her gear. So where does she shoplift her gear? Yeah. So outside Riley Sanitarium, Spencer and Toby walk up. Spencer is wearing a fucking black trench coat. <laughs> Spencer's here. in like her doing dirt look. Uh, I mean, Toby's yeah. got like the black clothes on, but Spencer has a black trench coat and leggings. It's awesome. And a she ponytail. Has, yeah. her She's like all covert clandestine business mode. Her mm-hmm. hair pulled back. She's given Toby the plan. They're going to go through the children's wing and up the silver service quarter. They get to a dwarf a keypad and Spencer starts typing some numbers in. And Toby's just like, well, what if they change the codes? And Spencer's like, Mona didn't give me the codes. She gave me the override numbers. And then we see the like the keypad turns green and it unlocks. And Toby's like, well, Mona must have been really, very impressed with you. Spencer opens the door and says, I'm a fast learner. She's beaming with pride here. Two secret, things. secret agent Spencer. She's a delight. Yeah, two things. One, Toby is glowing with pride that his girlfriend is so good at this, as he should be. Second, Spencer was A for like five minutes, <laughs> and she was so much fucking better than Toby was for who knows how long inside. I feel yeah. bad for Mona that she didn't get more time with Spencer being an A. Like, I, I think they really could have, like, sistered it down there. I mean... She was my- like, it's so nice to have, uh, like, a henchman who's not a complete dunce. Yeah, really. Or didn't have that hideous gargoyle face just imagine their ghost ninja school like like montages mm-hmm. um she, she went to like the the juliet other school of like doing like ninja moves that we never saw that's the one episode of lost that i always wanted um let's go to emily's bedroom where Hannah how to speak latin me. yeah how to speak latin how to like fucking take people down in like three simple karate moves uh because emily's bedroom where hannah's holding the mask because ari ari and emily watch her Hannah says it's not the same mask from the train, but it's the same expression. It must have well, came from the same mold. Arya and, and Emily are both 
like sitting cross-legged on Emily's bed, like kind of judging Hannah here. Yeah, yeah. Um, they tell her to turn it over, and she marks it over, and it's it's marked for Hector Lime Dimension Artist. <laughs> Dimensional artist. Dimensional artist. Let's just go ahead and say it now. Hector Lime is one of those essential characters that we needed occupying some of the darker corners of PLL. Of course he's named Hector Lime. What a, what a film noir name. I mean, he's a dimensional yeah, artist. They're directly referencing like Orson Welles and the Third Man here. Yeah, Harry, Harry Lime. Um, yeah. So Emily and Ari have already looked this guy up online. His address is on the far side of Torch Lake, a yeah, second his, reference to Torch Lake. His studio. Yeah. yeah. He Ari makes said, masks and statues and props for horror films. It's it, something you do in Pennsylvania. Is there a huge demand for that in Rosewood? Like, I'd like to hear more about their local horror film industry, which I guess is their regular lives. I think somebody in L.A. May, wants to make a horror movie, and they're like, we're going to need a creepy like prop. Better call that guy in Pennsylvania who lives out by a lake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So Allison must have gone there to copy her face, which is normal. Mm-hmm. There's probably more than one mask there or something. So that's why Hannah and Spencer were called. Where's Spencer? They don't know. To call once they the voicemail. Um... So, so Emily says, Ali was at the studio. Both masks came from the same place. And Ari says, yeah, but we don't know how many, how many there are and who has them. And so, you know, and if they got them from Allie or did they get them from this guy's studio? And Hannah's like, well, let's go find out. She picks up the mask in her purse. She's ready to go. And Ari's like, shouldn't we wait for Spencer? And Hannah's like, no, we can handle this on our own. And she turns to leave and Ari and Emily just like look at each other and it's dumbfounded ass is still planted on the bed and hannah looks back and she's like what we can't make a move without nancy drew this mask connects us to Allie and the halloween train which connects us to wilden the police have our names on a board with arrows and grass and not just ours but my mom's up there so i'm not waiting for spencer because a is not waiting for anyone now come on and she storms off and Ari's like i feel like i just got drafted like, she might as well <laughs> she might as well have just said i'm getting too old for this shit mm-hmm I mean, like, so also, Emily's basically retired her, like, charge of being captain of the liars in Spencer's absence. Yeah, Hannah's taken over. Also, Hannah, the jacket she's wearing, wasn't, like, Emily wearing something very similar a few I, I think ago? so. I, I think it's, I had made a comment about it being, like, Emily's version of Spencer's, uh, like, X-Men trench coat. It's, like, a jacket with, like, a tan front, but the shoulder, like, shoulder arms are, like, black leather. It's, it's strange. Yeah. Um, uh, so we cut to a Rosewood swamp. It, Torch Lake, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of frogs croaking as they, they walk up to this like shack of a studio. They, they pass like, a pond with a little dock on it. There's like, yeah, frogs and mm-hmm. forest sounds abounding. Uh, so, you know, Allie must have come out here alone or. Well, yeah, Ari is skeptical that Allie came here alone and Emily's like, she must have. This place is creepy. Either Swamp Thing is about to pop out or the music from Deliverance is about to start playing or both. Yeah. Emily stops him because it looks like there's someone on the porch, but as you get closer, it's just like a mannequin, like a creepy statue. And Ari is like, should we talk about a plan? And then the door to the building opens, and this the guy, Hector Lime here, a little bit of Clint Howard. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think of who else, because he definitely has like this young and not totally like freaky deformed look to him, but this I... guy, this guy has one of those faces, you know? I have a lot of, like, generic inferences to describe this guy he's been on a lot of stuff you look at his imdb i can list it off he's this guy's born shit. to play serial killers he looks like he'd be the bass player in like lestat the vampire's rock band there you go um in a creepy way he says i like it better when people call first it's possible that this guy is is if Arya was a man and 20 years older <laughs> she'd be this guy oh that hurts 
Yeah. So Hector yeah. Lime's like, that's what it says in the ad. Yeah, and then they're all like just creeped out by this dude, and finally Hannah approaches. She pulls out Allie's mask, and she says, "Did you make this?" And he kind of examines it, and he's like, "Well, you better come in." So he steps aside, gestures them in. Emily and Hannah like look creeped out as they walk in. Arya, to me, looks completely at home. Arya just nods and like leads them inside, and Hector shuts the door behind him. You just want to keep saying Harry Lime. Yeah. Um, so that we come from that door opening to a, another door opening. Okay, I've got closing. it. I, I think I got it. Like, take, like, Hugo Weaving and mix him with uh, Clint Howard, and you have this guy. Okay. Okay. I feel it. I mean, the guy looks familiar. He definitely looks familiar. He has, like, the high cheekbones like Hugo Weaving has, yeah. I mean, he definitely has Clint Howard's. But he has a huge forehead of Clint Howard, yeah. And he has Clint Howard's, like, height. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so we cut from that door shutting to a door opening at Radley, and we're in the dark. Spencer and Toby let themselves in. Toby says, the file says it was the east side window. So he looks at a window, and he says, that's got to be it. So he goes to investigate the window. Um, oh, man. This is this is going to be the year of Keegan Allen. Mm-hmm. He tosses the, down the file on a chair. Spencer picks it up. He leans against the window frame to emote against the wall. And well, he's doing the, like both both hands up on the sides of the like the window jam there, like leaning uh what is just, just a say? warning keegan allen is five minutes away from mounting a one-man production of hamlet right here yeah he's... nymph and diorizons be all my so this has got to be it you know he's, he's put the file down he's leaning against the windows spencer's kind of approaching from behind he says this is where she did it and he looks back and then like as he's talking he climbs up on the windowsill here reenacting so she had her session with dr palmer all about how much she wanted to live. And then she stole a key from the nurse's station. And she came in here and she unlocked the window. And he just like, he, he, you know, he pauses, he contemplates, he stares. He says, I wanted the truth. Well, here it is. Oh my God. And he like, you know, like arms, you know, hands to his face. Like, oh my God, Spence, I gave the RV to A for nothing. I'm a fucking idiot. Get thee to a nunnery. All yeah. of this acting. I think I've heard. I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is true or not. I can't confirm, it, but I've heard that Anthony Hopkins has been like really jealous of what Keegan Allen's doing here. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. He like um, suddenly realizes, like, wait a minute, like, yeah, my mom jumped and killed herself. What was I expecting to find out? Yeah. So Spencer's standing there watching him for a minute, like possibly the scene when Spike hugs the uh, the, the cross in like the seventh season of Buffy. Um, so inside Hector Lyme's studio, the three girls are looking around at the mask. He's he's still examining the, well, this, of the mask. This place inside, there's like weird like bins of plaster and clay and shit. It's there's like various masks around. It's creepy. It's pretty much what you expect. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, "I hate it when people do this to my work." He's talking about like all the bling and Mardi Gras shit on the mask. Mm-hmm. And he says, "So it is yours." And he flips the mask around. He says, "My stamp is on the back," which I guess is how you got here. And he's like, well, why did you make it? And he says, didn't your friend tell you? And Arya comes in with, no, she didn't. She's dead. Hector has no reaction to this at all. Yeah. Like, he's just like, eh. And he says, so uh, how did you guys meet? And he says, well, I put an ad on the internet. I was looking for a model. I needed a Joan of Arc. Someone young, as he like eyes Arya. And beautiful and a warrior, as he's eyeing Emily. Your friend is perfect. And Emily says, so you used her for Joan of Arc? What about the mask? And he says, you'd make a great Medusa. She's totally skeezed out. Yeah, and she's like, thank you. Um, and he says, I got a client who'd love you as Medusa. I could do it where the snakes, they actually... And Arya's like, okay. 
Yeah, she's like, she cuts him off. Okay, you were telling us about your friend. How many of these masks did you make? And he just kind of studies Arya. Is Arya secretly upset that she wouldn't make a great Medusa? Because I could see that. I could see that too. He proposes a little barter. He'll tell them what they want if they can give him something that he wants. And Emily, so naive, says, well, what do you want? And he's like, your face. <laughs> your face. And then you're like, oh, wait. This is PLL, the show where uh, Emily has to trade a mask of her face for information. Yeah, she just needs to trade her identity and appearance for info. Sure, just mm. a normal day in their life. This scene is so nuts, so captivating, and but so, it's so completely PLL. It's so casual about it, too. Yeah, this is a thing that happens. It's perfectly normal. This is, this is a, a guy. Tuesday. This is a guy that you go to to trade your face for information. He lives in a He's... swamp on the other side of something called Torch Lake. It's it's almost Faustian, you know. You have to give yeah. them something of yourself in order to uh, get the information. Something that he very has. personal, your appearance, yeah, uh-huh. um, your identity. So Radley Spencer looks at the report and she looks out the window. Toby's still there, clinging to the grate, like yeah. feeling sorry for his lot in life. On she looks outside and we can see that there's like a kind of a large ledge or something below, mm-hmm. and she's like kind of like looking at the report, looking outside, and she says. You know, hey, look at the roof. See how it juts out 10 to 15 feet all the way around the building? How could somebody who jumped from here have cleared the roof and then fallen clean to the ground? I don't know how your mom fell, but I don't think she jumped from here. I think A gave you something real. Yeah, it doesn't match up with the story of Mary Kavanaugh's death. So Nancy Drew strikes again. Mm-hmm. Also, vaguely Vertigo references in the visual there, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, Toby says, well, i got to find Dr. Palmer. i got to talk to somebody who saw her that day. And Spencer takes his hand and says, we'll find him. Yeah, so Hector Lime Studio. And then presumably they just sneak on back out of Radley. And have sex. Um, Hector Lime Studio. Emily's in the chair. She got her hair back as Hector Lime was like preparing the goo for the mold. He says the whole thing will be over before she knows it. And he's like, better ask your questions while you still can. Yeah. Emily, she's got like a smock and like a headband on to kind of, you know, protect yeah. herself from the this creepy plaster. He's going to start rubbing on her face. So... uh yeah, we get to the questions. Emily asks, uh, is this what you did to Allie co- to copy your face? And he says, yes, that's right. And as they're talking, Hannah whispers something to Arya in her ear and then kind of drifts back away to like snoop through the supply closet here. Mm-hmm. And we see inside there are tons of like mask molds in there of various people. And Emily says, so you used her for Joan of Arc, but what about the mask? And he says, well, that was Allison's idea. She asked me to make them. She said she wanted masks for all of her friends so they could look like her. So, yeah, I mean, they're talking. Hannah's, like, snooping around. Um, I really think that this is, like, Hannah and Emily's, like, you know, talk about the X-Men, like, you know, metaphor. Yeah. This is their fastball special. One of them distracts somebody while the other snoops around. And Spencer is Nancy Drew. Hannah's Harriet the Spy. Ooh. And Arya, I don't know, is either Samara or Sadaka from The Ring. Can we just contemplate... Allie wanted masks of herself or all her friends to wear so they could look like her. Totally normal thing. He's like, I made them hard masks and soft ones. Psychotic tur- tea party. Yeah. They turned out very well. And Emily says, did you make them for anyone else? And as Hector says, look, we have to get started. This stuff sets up fast. So just relax and sit back. Be terrified. Yeah, in the other room, Hannah keeps like looking around. This sucks well, I like how Arya is like, too useless to ask a question here. Well, she she turns around, she sees a face, and she freaks out. It's actually just her face in the tiny <laughs> little mirror, which recalls the plot point from Dario Gento's Deep Red and many other things. But it's it's a really funny moment. So, and but also just tonally, it works. 
yeah. so nicely. In the main room, Emily's face is now like a white blobby blur. Emily kind of gasps when Hector is just like, you're doing fine. And Arya finally perks up and at least does something here. She grabs a hammer. Like, Hashtag Arya has a hammer. Yeah, and just kind of hides it behind her back as she's watching this. Like Arya's just like, just in case I need to kill anyone, I've got this hammer. Yeah. Uh, Hannah's walking down rows of like these like you know molds of faces, and Arya says, "You were telling us about Allison." He says, "Yes, Allison ordered the masks. I made them and handed them over." And Arya kind of looks back to check on Hannah, and she's like, "Did you keep any?" And he says, "I broke the mold when I was finished." Why? Because she told me to. So in the stockroom, Hannah's found something. We don't know what it is, but it's she's like, like ah. she like holds up a mask. We don't see of what, but she picks it up and takes it. Yeah. So the side of the road at oh, night. God. Yeah. Caleb is just walking. Where the fuck is Caleb walking? But he's like Where walking all the way back from Tom Marin's office. Apparently, he, he looks like River Phoenix in every movie where River Phoenix played a sad gigolo. Yeah, and then Speaking a car pulls which, up and stops by the side of the road. It's Tom Marin. He leans over and just, you know, if you're watching this, freeze frame it. He's looking at Kayla like he's about to ask him how much for a blowjob. Yeah. Do you want the much. five or the ten? Tom will take the five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tom Marin says, we need to talk. So we cut the darkness. We hear voiceover from Hector Lyon. I want you to breathe in through your nose and gently out through your mask. We hear Darth Vader's breathing and then we realize this is Emily's POV as he removes the hardened mask of her face. Yeah, he takes it off. Emily kind of sits up and like, you know, inhales wiping her face and hair. She's got some plaster in it. And Hector's just like, it's perfect. And he smiles at her. Hector is where he has a black nail polish on, by the way. Mm -hmm. Just, Just saying. Orgasmically happy, yeah. Yeah. Um, so outside, the girls are walking away from his like cabin studio, dingy shithole place. Um, uh, Emily's pulling sh- like plaster shit out of her hair, and she says, "The whole time I was thinking of Allie, like this is what it must feel like to be buried alive." <laughs> yeah. Did you find anything? And Hannah says, "Yeah, I found some." She opens her purse and shows them something, and they both look surprised, like Arya and uh, Emily there. And then look back at the studio. We don't know what yet. We don't know what surprised her. It was just kind of funny that for a moment there, Emily had to like basically, you know, obliterate her appearance and her identity to go into like sensory deprivation experience what Allison experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got back to the side of the road. Tom yeah, and Maren is out of the car now. Headlights still on. Talking to He's Caleb. He's like standing in front of the car, like on the side of the road here. Not even on the side of the road. Like somebody come around that corner and just plow into him. Couldn't they have had this meeting like in a parking garage? <laughs> yeah, he couldn't like get in. Like, by the way, you appear to have been walking for, like, five hours somewhere. Do you need a ride? Tom Marin's, yeah, first of all, off from a fucking ride, you creep. But, yeah, he's just like. You know he's not getting a ride. He's like, Caleb, follow the money. Um, So, yeah, Tom wants to know if Caleb's involved in this, if Ashley sent him to her. And Caleb says he's not involved. So, Caleb deduces that Tom knows that Ashley was in Rosewood that night. Yeah, and and. Tom has this expression like, I can't believe I've been cornered like this. And he's just like, SR. She came to my house around 9 o'clock. Isabel had some people over, so we talked in the gar- in the office by the garage. And Caleb's like, did she say anything about Wilden? And he says, nope. She called me, came over, said she needed money. More money than I had. We're not very liquid right now. So curious about that. Yeah, really. Uh, and Caleb's like, and what happened when you told her no? And Tom said, Isabel wanted me for something. I came back, Ashley was gone. And Caleb's like, well, why didn't you just tell me this this afternoon? And Tom, 
Tom's getting hard here, he says. You're just on the edge of this right now. You could still walk away. This goes all the way up, Caleb. All the way. All the way. Chief of police. And Caleb's like, I love your daughter, Mr. Marin. And he nods. And he's like, after we talked, I went home. I went out to my office. And I did something I've been afraid to do since Wilden got shot. I keep my gun locked in my desk. I looked for it. It's missing. Mmm. And he's like, and that's all I have to tell you. I hope you didn't need to ride anywhere. Drive I'm away. On, I'm on the way to the club to meet my good buddy, yeah. Peter Hastings, who's been through this before. Peter's just drinking a scotch, and he's just like, ha, ha, ha. That gun? I don't know where it is. I haven't <laughs> seen it in months. So we cut to Emily's room. We've got a nice close-up on Emily's face in the mirror. She's pulling plaster out of her hair. Again, she's like, regaining her identity, shredding the little blobs of Allison as if it were that simple. It's a knock on the door. It's Pam. Pam says, I thought we had a little understanding that you were staying in tonight. Yeah. Hannah needed Emily's help. And Pam's like, what's this? And she reaches over the plaster in Emily's hair. And Emily's like, it's nothing, you know, it's just clay. Pam just stares at her for a while. And then she asks, you know, she says, did somebody from Family Services call you? And Emily's like, no. And Pan says, well, they called me. They want an interview. About what? Uh, about you. Apparently someone thought I was a little excessive with you outside the school, so they called Family Services. And some snippy little cunt bureaucrat says they detect some kind of pattern. I love oh. the way she says that. Yeah. And Emily's like, what kind of pattern? And Pam says, your shoulder, how much you wound up in the hospital with an ulcer, the trouble that you've had with the police... You killed a guy. You're suspicious as hell. You lie constantly. The fact your dad is away so much and all is going to rest stops. They even talked to Dr. Vargas. Yeah. And Emily's like, who talked to Dr. Vargas? She says, the social worker. Whatever happened to privacy in this country anyway? Fucking Obama? Goddamn liberals. Yeah. And Emily's like, I don't know. And Pam says, look, don't worry about it. We'll get this straightened out. And so she leaves and Emily sits back, you know, shakes her head and sits back down looking at herself in the mirror. It's like size, yeah. As the rear window brew, Arya gets a text from Emily about, hey, you know, call family services and her mom. And again, for all we know, this could have been Arya. I mean, this could have been yeah, any really. student who called, but Arya could not care less. She looks over and sees Ella talking to Zach, and he looks bummed. Then, well, yeah, this is like, it's like they just had like a bummer conversation. He's kind of like folding his, his hands like, he's like that's, a, that's a bummer, man. It's a yeah. real bummer. So Jake comes over with their coffee. Arya's orders a decaf, non-fat iced mocha. Yeah. And he's Jake, like, that's pretty much a glass of chocolate milk, right? That sounds about right. Jake is dressed like a rootin' tootin' lumberjack. Yeah, he's got the plaid, plaid tucked into the jeans. And this is, this is like the Aria line to end all Aria lines here when he asks about the chocolate milk and Aria says, yeah, pretty much, but you feel more grown up when you order it. That pretty much sums up Aria's entire life. And she gets up and goes talk to her mom. Aria sits down. Well, cause she, she sees, you know, so bad conversation just happened, so she excuses herself, goes to talk to mom. Yeah, she sits down with Ella to go. You know, tells Ella to go to Vienna with Zach. And well, like, she sits down, and says, "You have to go to Vienna with Zach." I was like, "What?" And Arya's like, "I am ordering you to follow your bliss." And Ella's like, "Are you trying to get rid of me?" And Arya's trying to tell Ella to go on an adventure. Arya and Mike will be just fine if Byron, you know, as long as they're trying to make that vegetarian lasagna. Holy shit. Ella says that she's considered it, it, you know, basically be hard. Well, she's like, Arya, I know what you're trying to do, but you have to understand. I thought about this a lot. It just won't be easy for anybody. And Arya says, passion is not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be passionate. And that's currently Arya's about me on Facebook. 
And Ella says, I am not going to sit here and discuss passion with my daughter. Especially since she wears forks for earrings. Mm-hmm. Also, that's just gross. Yeah. <laughs> and Arya says, then don't discuss it. And do not talk yourself out of something that you want. And it's something that you deserve. Mom, please do this. Please. I need the inspiration. Whatever Arya, that means. Arya's writing her self-help book. Yeah. Um, Ella said that it'd be something to tell the grandkids. And which Arya way too quickly says, absolutely. <laughs> so many red flags. Yeah. Ella sighs and gets up, goes over to talk to Baker Brozak. And Jake comes over, joins Arya. He's like, none of my business, but that looked kind of intense. And Arya's like, no, not really. I was just giving my mother permission to go off and join the circus. Because I'm such a fucking adult. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, that's nice of you. Won't you miss her? And she just stares at him. Coldly. And he's like, I'm sorry. And Ari's like, no, it's okay. My mom just needs to go. And then she looks back at her mom and Zach and like suddenly gets sad. Like, oh, yeah, I'm sending my mom away for like a year. That's a bummer. Ella and Zach are like kissing over the counter, which is gross. There's such a weird voyeuristic jealousy to Ari and her mother in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the only thing that would have made it electric better... Electric complex. The only thing that would have made it better is if after Ella and Zach had their conversation, if Ella looks over at Arya and she's like tonguing Jake or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, cut to Spencer's room where Hannah's shown up. Uh, she wants to know where Spencer was and why she wasn't answering her phone. Spencer was like, uh, I was with Toby. We wanted some privacy on our two one-way tickets to the Bone Zone. Yeah, they need some privacy. Yeah. And Hannah says, well, look in here and see what you missed. And Spencer pulls out it's a kind of a red clay mold of a mask, and it is Melissa's face. Oh shit! Well, it's it's interesting because it's a red clay mold, but like the lips and like the kind of eyes are like uh, painted gold, mm-hmm. even though everything else is like this dark red crimson. Like it's a very weird, creepy mask, but that's definitely Melissa's face. Yeah. And Hannah's just like, yeah, that's what we said when we saw it. Spencer's like, this was from the studio that Allie went to. It's like, Melissa must have been there. He copied your sister's face, just like he did Allison's. And Spencer says, so did Melissa follow Allie there, or did Allie follow Melissa? And Hannah says, maybe they went together. And they both just kind of, like, study this mask. Like, what the fuck? So we cut to Hannah's house, where Hannah's coming home. She sees Ashley's keys there on the tray by the the door, where she was, you know, told before that's where they're supposed to go. Mm. Hannah can hear Ashley upstairs. She... Heads upstairs, she stops outside the bathroom. It's like she hears like the squeak of a faucet, so she goes upstairs, yeah. Yeah, she hears the water running through the bathroom door. She knocks and calls for her mom. There's, you know, no answer at first, and Ashley says her name. And Hannah just wants to, like, let Ashley know that she's back. And Ashley's like, Hannah, I'm sorry. Well, well, the dialogue is like, you know, yes, Hannah, I just wanted to let you know that I'm back. All right. Hannah? Yeah? I'm sorry. About before. It's all right. Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Don't worry. Ashley sounds broken. Yeah, and Hannah kind of studies the doorknob, then turns away, and then we go to inside. Ashley is not in the bath. She's fully clothed and just leaning against the uh, the, like the sink there. Like it's almost like she's just hiding in her bathroom to like hide from Hannah, and not have to talk to Hannah. She's borrowed some of Arya's despondence. And she looks um, full of despair. Yeah, full of despair and despondence. Watching the water in the tub filling up. I, I first, when I first watched this episode, like, two years ago or whatever now, I thought, oh, shit, Ashley's about to kill herself. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I think I remember thinking that, too. I was like, oh, wow, that'd be this depressing. Is, this is fucking dark. <laughs> that would be a really dark turn for the, the Hannah-Ashley storyline. 
Yeah, so she really is about to end up with no mom and no dad. Spencer is like staring, and we cut to the mask and Melissa in her room. There's a knock on the door. Spencer like shoves the mask away quickly. As well, she just like kind of puts it down on you know next to her on the ottoman, like on the other side of the door, mm. so that somebody had to walk all the way around to see it. Um, by the way, Spencer is in like jeans and a jersey T-shirt and like a kind of half ponytail, like hair done up thing. It's a it's a nice casual look for Spencer. I don't think this is the outfit that she was wearing earlier. Probably not. I mean, she was in like a trench coat and leggings. So I think they were so aroused by their discovery that Spencer and Toby went and put some sour cream on the taco. I really do. Um, so yeah, Melissa ew. walks in. Can she you say ew? You can. Yeah. Melissa mentioned that she saw Hannah at the police station earlier, and she's like, "Did Hannah mention that?" Well, this is but, another fabulous Melissa Spencer scene. This is like uh, like Arthur Miller can't write plays. This good, yeah. Yeah, uh, and Melissa says, I was wondering what she was doing there. And Spencer says, she was wondering the same thing about you. Uh-huh. Yeah, Spencer says, the new investigator asked me to come in. He wanted to talk about Darren Wilden. I think they're talking to everybody who had anything to do with him. Spencer, you know, wonders, was she any help? And Melissa says, I don't think so. I hardly knew him, as I've been repeating over and over. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, you went to high school together. And then Melissa kind of walks over towards Spencer, and and Spencer kind of starts to shift to put herself between. Well, she the, she the leans mask. against. Yeah, she she kind of shifts, put herself like hide the Melissa mold. Melissa leans against one of Spencer's bedposts. Yeah. By the way, Spencer's socks have little orange and blue uh, horses on them. Horses are her power animal, right? It's her spirit yeah. creature. And Melissa says, "Seems like such a long time ago. So much has happened since then." Do you ever think about how much has changed? All the people that are gone? And Spencer's like, yeah, I do. And she says, what does it all mean? And Spencer's like, uh, I think that's an awful big question for this time of night. Melissa smiles and says, do you suppose other sisters have as much trouble getting along as we do? And Spencer kind of laughs a little and she's like, uh, there might be a few. And Melissa says, maybe we're just too much alike and that's the problem. Let me just say real quick, they should be doing this scene while sitting at a table with, like, guns pointed at each other under the table. Like, drinking whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, that thing where, like, they know that one of the glasses on the table is poisoned and they're Mm. just passing them back and forth. Inconceivable! Sorry. Yeah, and let's, uh kind of moves in closer here and then now spencer has to drape like a blanket that was on her bed like kind of over herself and the mask to hide it better and and she's staring very earnestly at melissa as she says this to try to like make sure melissa doesn't notice the mask and melissa says uh you asked me a question once if it came down to protecting you or protecting somebody else somebody i loved who would i pick do you remember and spencer says yeah i do and melissa says what would your answer be if I asked you the same question? If you had to choose, what would you do? And Spencer just looks it up at her. She she has no answer. Hmm. She's like, how long do you got? It's fairly just like kind of depressing as like both sisters kind of realize like this is where I stand. Mm-hmm. Melissa's so wonderfully. It's like she seems so evil and yet she might be completely innocuous. You just never know. Yeah. So we got to Emily's bedroom. Emily's in her room under the blank under the blankets in the dark, not sleeping. <laughs> yeah, no one to spoon with. Uh, and then her phone buzzes, so she picks it up, and we don't we don't see anything. So we you know we don't see that it's a picture text or anything. All we see is a picture on the phone of Pam Fields with like jail bars photoshopped over her. 
Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's like one of the funnier visual gags that A has done. Just then, it's just like, haha, fuck you. Well, I feel like A's like, I took a community college class over the summer just having to do this kind of shit. Um, just there's a knock on the door. It's Pam. We don't see her face. She's completely in silhouette from like the light of the hallway behind her, which is yeah. really interesting that you never see like Mia people's features. It's or creepy. Face. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted Emily to know, uh, first of all, how does she know Emily's awake? She wakes her up as far as she knows. She wanted Emily to know that her dad is coming home. She just got off the phone of him. Family services called him too. Yeah. Hmm. Uh-oh. Emily's face is like, fuck. family services is all up in fields ass now. Yeah. Um, uh, so A tag. He's going through some old LPs, pulls one out, and starts playing it. It's the, I don't know the name of the dry song. Bones. Dry Is bones. it Dry Bones? It's, dem you know, bones, the. Dem bones, them dry bones. Hip bone connected to the thigh bone ball. You know, you know the song. Uh, yeah. old fashioned, old timey song. Starts playing this, and as A puts, he pulls out, uh, x rays, Emily's x rays, and puts them on an x ray light board, mm-hmm. which, of course, A has. Imagine. In, in their lair. Um, and then we see this is Emily's x-ray of her shoulder, and A is just kind of examining it. From Dr. Robert Vargas at the Rosewood Community Hospital. This was a consultant. Yeah. yeah. This is this is a good one for the uh, the Ren is A theory. There's that. I'm trying to remember what was the... Uh, I wanted to say like the, the doctor could be... What was the thing from Hannibal Lecter where the ad in the paper had to be uh, to A.A. Aaron? Oh, I remember. So it would always like it would always be in the the front of the classifieds. Uh, so I just thinking like, wouldn't it be great if they had like a, a doctor's office rented out to Doctor A. A. Aaron? Oh yeah. Um. Anyways, it's just it's an interesting A tag. It's not particularly like super suspenseful. It just all we you know, know is that A now has an interest in Emily's shoulder. Yeah, A is again crawling right up Emily's ass. Hmm. The next episode is called FaceTime, which is oh yeah, the next episode's fun. Um. So yeah, that was Cat's Cradle. There's some familial stuff there, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, the wiki, as usual, has nothing of interest to report to us. <laughs> so, uh, oh, so now we can circle back. We're done with this episode, right? I believe so. So now let's talk about the evidence wall. Don't say real quick, the guy's name is Jed Reese, the actor who plays Hector Lime. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jed Reese. Yeah. So um, th- this evidence wall, I basically wrote down like, you know, so-and-so's picture and what it says next to them. Okay. All right. So start with Melissa. It says locate doctor mm-hmm. and then too smart to get caught. Setup? <laughs> question mark. So locate doctor, I'm going to assume is like about the pregnancy, maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Too smart to get caught. Setup? Question mark. Uh, Spencer, this is a fun one. It says threatened? Question mark. Power play? question mark most to gain question mark and underneath it says a you know initials ad threatened sh sh threatened by ad power play question mark profit passion fear so spencer seems to have a lot of notes about her she is in Whoa. some crosshairs so I'm, I'm looking at a screen cap i don't have a lot of detail here but like so in the center is a picture of wilderness police uniform like large uh-huh. And then they basically the the evidence wall string theory thing where there's lines that cut out to everyone else. So Melissa overweight on the left has a new picture, I believe, of Ian, like next to her connected. Who uh-huh. is the guy between Ian and Spencer? I can't make it out. Uh, I'll pull it up in a second here. Um, 
the another one we have is Arya, picture of Arya, and there's a note with an arrow pointing to Spencer that says would do anything for her, which I found interesting. Mm. Arya would do anything for Spencer, according to these cops. This is season one Arya too. Yeah. This is peak Arya. Okay, so the guy between Ian and Spencer, that's who you're asking about? Yeah, yeah. Was it like tie on? That is in quotes, this is interesting. In quotes it says doctor in quotes. As as though maybe he's not a real doctor. Doctor Kingston. Doctor Kingston. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Spencer's picture, by the way, is a, a wonderful one of like her holding a trophy in like her yeah. field hockey uniform, like with the smuggest of hasting smug smiles on her face. Is the girl under Melissa that somebody? I don't know who that is. There's a there's like a like middle aged lady underneath Melissa. I'm not sure who it's supposed to be. That's not supposed to be Toby's mom, though. I don't think. Could be Garrett's mom, maybe. I don't know. No, um, too young. Anyway, uh, the next Arya as well, there's something that says other man, question mark. And then between Arya and Wilden is a picture of old Mikey Montgomery there. Hmm. And it okay. says MM, sealed record. And then robbery of Garrett Reynolds' apartment, did AM encourage, question mark. So they're hmm. like, did Arya like, set Mike up to rob Garrett? Uh, Hannah just says arrested, no record. So it's like, there's no record of her arrest or shoplifting. There's almost a Michaela Maroney-esque smirk on Hannah's face. Yeah, it's a nice little smirk. That, that's actually wonderful. Um, let's see what we got. Emily, it just says lighthouse gun, and there's like a police report from that shooting. Who's the dude to the left of Emily? Uh, let me take a look. To the left? Yeah. Oh, that's Lucas way over there. Lucas oh. doesn't have anything written next to him. What the fuck about Lucas? Yeah. Um, what else we got here? Some Mona. Uh, Mona. It says cyber stalker. Radley staff uncooperative. Why? Question mark. Hmm. Uh, what does it say next to Wilden? I'll get in there. Okay. Chill out. <laughs> Jenna Null. It says relationship timeline. Question mark. Hmm. And next to Ashley, it says seen at restaurant. Relationship. Check NY city mileage. Hmm. And then we also see there's like an account statement for her, from her bank there, like from the checking account, hmm. which bad news for Miss Marin there. If they start checking her bank records, like how exactly are you paying your mortgage? Well, that or I would think, too, if she did, per se, drive back to Rosewood from New York and she stopped to get gas, like her debit card. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got uh, Garrett. It says theater manager ID of Garrett also fits Wilden timeline. And it says Garrett attorney meetings stop in October. Uh, Ren, it says Dr. Kingston. Allison, it says why no complete medical records? Question mark. Who profits? Question mark. Therapy Ann says Sullivan claims privilege for everything. Why did she continue after MV interview? Hmm. Toby says, time in juvie, and I like a case number. Who planted the sweater? Grudge against TC. And hmm. uh, Janet says, confirm alibi. Null Khan, it says, Null Khan party complaint. School <laughs> action challenged. JM relationship started when? Question mark. Hmm. And then the, the star of the show, Detective Wilden, right in the center there. It says, was he looking to solve or conceal? Wilden activity continues after Garrett homicide. Complicit? Extortion? And then uh, kind of throughout, there's some kind of random notes about things. One of them says, why did W lie about Carr? Garrett motive. Accomplice? 
Wilton disciplinary hearing in November. Mm. And then, and then, uh, I believe it's, there's, I'm trying to, where is this compromise? There's one, there's a note that says compromise evidence. Why? Bungled or corrupt? And I think that's next to like Allie's like a original grave. Okay. And of course there's a shovel there. Um, and there's also interestingly a torn up and then taped back together restraining order for Ashley Merritt against Detective Wilden. Interesting. So all sorts of fascinating things. The, the cops, they, Wilden, like they think he might have been corrupt. Mm. They're not exactly sure what his deal is. They think Spencer, they, they like for Allie, it seems like there's lines between Spencer and Allie. And it's like power play, you know, Spencer was threatened by Allison De Laurentiis. They think Arya would do anything for Spencer as a potential accomplice. And they're, they're questioning this timeline between Noel and Jenna and like, what exactly is the deal there? Is that Byron way over on the right? Like, I believe so, yeah. And who's that underneath him? Is that just some girl? Uh, I don't know who that is. It, there's, there's some chick. I don't, I don't know who it's supposed to be. There's two or three people on here who like have nothing to do with the show. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, to the left of the picture of Allison is some kind of document. What is that to the That's left the of the document? That's the autopsy report. Is it like just her like cranium? Yeah, it's a it's a shot of like the brain or the you know the head and like where it was struck. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's potentially page five. Okay. Mm. Huh. Yeah. It, like I'm looking at like a just like a, a screen cap from my iTunes. So I mean, if and, and then of course you know a lot of connection between Ashley and Wilden here. They think there was a relationship there. If I were Ashley or Spencer, I'd be concerned right now because the cops. Have you in their sights? Yeah, yeah. This is not good, guys. But uh, it is funny, like the, the speculation you see, like they're like, did Arya set Mikey up to rob Garrett? You know, because they're just trying to figure out like what the hell connects these people. Well, this is really great though that they actually did this because it doesn't say like Ipsum Lorum, Ipsum Lorum, yeah, yeah. Ipsum Lorum. It like it really fits in with like storylines of the show. Like this is a great Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah, God damn it, get that phone out faster. <laughs> Spencer needs his info. Seriously. So uh, that's the big board, and we can at least see what the cops think. So that's going on. That's what that's what Holbrook's investigating. So Holbrook's probably interested in talking to Al to uh, Ashley, and interested in talking to Spencer. I'd imagine Holbrook and his partner. Yeah, his partner. We haven't seen yet. I don't believe. Who profits? Yeah, who profits? Hmm. Other man? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, somehow uh, Mr. Ezra Fitz avoids this. I don't know how. It's not like they're like subtle about it. Right, seriously, they're all over fucking town. Mm-hmm. But that was Cat's Cradle. We'll be back next time to talk about FaceTime. Looking forward to uh, it. If you want to leave some feedback, you can go to timetravelmurdermystery.com slash PLL, or you can talk to me on Twitter at Marco underscore Sparks. Or no, wait, I'm yeah. at Benjamin underscore Light. You are at Marco Sparks, no underscore. Right. Or you can just catch us with Bros Watch PLO2 on, on Twitter. We're, we're all over the fucking place. Oh, do we have a Twitter account? We do. Okay. Um, or if you, uh, want to help us, you know, spread the good news, you can head on over to iTunes and rate or review our podcast. Apparently that affects our ratings and helps other people discover the bros who watch PLO2. So uh, thank you for all the reviews we've had. We'll be back next time. Any last thoughts? No, just looking forward to it. All right. Well, we'll be back FaceTime. Coming soon. Bye-bye. Bye.